Hmm. I tried to record a similar video uh, last week. I mean, I've tried to record this video many times, essentially kind of just a general depression. What's, what's depression all about? What's it like? What's it like to experience it? I think where I go wrong is trying to um, trying to record this on days that I feel depressed. Today I feel okay. Today is not a depression day, as I sometimes call them. Uh, it's more difficult to access fluidity and. Um, Thought without, thought without like a meanness to it, I guess, when you're depressed. There's uh, me, I get like neural inflammation, uh, which is like, you know, you kind of get brain fog. You just kind of, it's hard to remember things. Um, sometimes you like mispronounce things. Uh, you don't have a lot of energy for conversations or even like, bringing any sort of intellect to conversations. It's just in a contrast of feeling, feeling, you know, pretty dang good. Everything's going good. Everything's clear. You don't feel constricted. You feel open. You feel fluent with the people you're around. You're having, uh, you know, easy verbal fluency. You're not thinking about what you're doing. You're present. That is very different. It's very hard to grasp that when you are depressed, when you have uh, you know, a depression day or, you know, especially if you're having brain fog and uh, neural inflammation. So in my last video, I, I, uh, I haven't watched it back because I thought it was, it was awful and I felt terrible the whole time about it, uh, but I just wanted to record it, right? So maybe it's a rough draft at this point. Um, I kept repeating that depression is not sadness. Depression is not really even extreme sadness. Sadness is like a symptom. It's like one of the things that comes with depression. But I think, um, oh, and I, you know, I am going to talk about anxiety as well. That is a, a part of this. But so depression is a, how is it not sadness? I think that that is a, a, an important part because someone who doesn't experience depression, what, you know, a lot of times, you know, if you have a loved one who's experiencing depression, you're trying to emphasize, you're trying to like, you're really trying to understand what they're going through. But the worst you've ever felt is the worst you've ever felt. I mean, you, you can only think of the worst you have, <laughs> have ever felt. I mean, immediately this is like, so overly complicated. So Depression is not sadness, not just sadness, uh, because it's kind of an inability to plan your way out of how you're feeling. Sadness is, it, you know, a lot of times when someone's depressed, someone will say, well, what's wrong? Why are you depressed? What's, like, what's going on? It's not often just a situation. It's not often just like a one thing in your life that you're ruminating about that's, uh, that's eating you and it's like, oh, I can't cope with this specific situation. Um... Depression has kind of this like, it has flavors to it. It's, it's like a nihilism, meaning uh, you're kind of just negative about all your future plans. You're, you're negative about what's going on. Um, the things that you typically like, you don't, you're not going to like on these days. Um, uh, uh, and when I say these days, I'm, I'm just coming back to like depression days. You know, uh, like, like I think it's helpful 
maybe it'll be confusing at first, but I think it will be helpful to uh, come back to comparing like a good day for me versus a depression day because it's just two very different beings. You know, it's 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 two very different um, very different ways of of how I show up to myself and and um, in social and in, in friend family interactions. So. It, it has this nihilism, it has this uh, kind of negative attitude towards things. So it's like, yes, you're sad. Maybe you can start to pinpoint, okay, there is this thing that triggered me, this one thing got me going. Uh, you know, you, I think your brain will always find, hey, why is it that I'm sad? Okay, what the fuck's going on? Like, why am I, why am I a depressed, sad boy today? And I think it is easy to pick something or find ways in which you are inadequate, especially of late. Um, you know, I think we have that internal, uh, 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 you know, moderator, our, our internal narrator uh, is kind of, kind of like hard on us sometimes. Like, like sometimes we're hard on ourselves. Sometimes we, um, we're overly analytic. I mean, because look, we're, you know, we're all human. We're all you know, made of mistakes. We're all trying to figure this thing out. Like none of us, you know, remember asking to be here. We just kind of like, you grow up and then you start to become a teenager and you're like, well, fuck, I got to, okay, like I got to take life by the horns. Like I didn't ask to be alive, but here I am. You know, we're all kind of like learning what it means to be human. Uh, Ram Dass says, we're all just walking one another home. We're all just walking each other home. You know, uh, life is kind of this, uh, it's kind of a, this sounds more, but it's not supposed to be. Um, uh, uh, it's kind of a, a, the path to death. You know, it's, th this is such a immense, wild thing here, you know, uh, that it's, it's hard to, I guess I'm. I guess I'm trying to say it's like we shouldn't. We shouldn't be so hard on ourselves. And you know, there's this hard voice that's like, "Hey, you didn't know exactly how this was going to turn out. Uh, you didn't predict the future. You didn't do exactly what you wanted." I mean, because wouldn't you? Who would choose to feel depression? Who would choose to feel anxiety? Who would choose to feel pain? You know, their um, their their feelings that they're things that our body. Uh, kind of generate, you know, this this physical meat pod here generates um, certain ways of clenching up. Certain um, chemicals are released when when specific things happen. You know, there, there's a, there's a reason to, you know, they say anxiety is is uh, um, you know fear for the future. You're thinking about what might happen in the future, and, and depression is uh, you know can can be considered you are upset about what happened in the past. Um, a, a lot of depression seems kind of like uh, there's shame to it, you know, there, there's guilt to it. There's, oh, I wish I knew better and I wish I did this thing differently. And sometimes you can even bring it to the present. Like, look all these things around me and like, oh, I, you know, th th this is where I've gotten myself. You know, all this, all this shit in the past that I did got me to exactly where I'm at here. And, you know, that could be very... Uh, you know, uh, uh, to, to notice such thing, to notice that, you know, we have so much momentum where we're going. This is how life works. We're, we're, 
you know, we were young kids, we, we were in school and they say, hey, you know, get, get through sixth grade and then you can go to middle school. Cool. And then after middle school, you're going to go to high school. And after high school, you're going to go to college. And after that, you're going to go to, you know, after, after graduate or what do they call those? Some stupid uh, 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 postgraduate degrees or, or, or whatever, uh, that you're going to go get a job. And there's always this, there is this sense in the Western world, the way we were all kind of raised, there's this sense of, um, of like going like, like like we're gonna reach this place like we're going to arrive there is a sense in our way of being as humans that we're going to get to this spot we're going to get to this place where we don't feel you know fear shame guilt uh sadness uh, uh, like we're just gonna get to, uh, you know, we don't have to go to work. We don't have any obligations. We don't, we don't have to repaint the spare bedroom. You know, we, we don't have to wash the dishes. Uh, there, there is kind of this thing in the back of a lot of our heads uh, that we're going to arrive in life. You know, Alan Watts, you know, very elegantly speaks of life being kind of a dance. Life is not, uh, uh, getting from this this part of the room to the other side of the room at a certain speed and with a certain uh, punctuation we don't arrive at the other side of the room life is the dance in between life is the is the the breezy uh, movement with the music and the environment and the uh, you know the the eye contact in the in the present moment the non-thinking the joy that is experienced uh, when dancing in a room, you know, when there's other people around, it's not, uh, Alan Watts also speaks of, uh, you know, the, the greatest conductors are not those who play the fastest or those who uh, have the, the loudest ending, you know. Um, there's something in our heads in the Western world that has kind of trained us to think, I'm going to get somewhere. I'm going to arrive at this place. Uh, and this is where anxiety and depression come in because you, you are anxious about what may happen and what may not happen. You're anxious about living incorrectly. Um, you have fear that this thing might happen. Like, like right now in the present moment, here and now, the thing you, you have, you know, visual pictures and uh, uh, words, however the way in which you think you have this projection of based off of the information you have now you're trying to put together these patterns into okay well this thing is clearly going to happen i don't want it to happen i'm incapable of handling it when it does happen um, so we could be ruminating we could be uh, really kind of caught in our heads uh, and uh, th there is levels of anxiety even e even reaching back i i speak about you know uh, the, the past, the, the shame, the guilt aspects of depression, looking back into the past, um, uh, wishing, wishing you had just done things differently, wishing you had, wishing, <laughs> trying to make your body right now feel sad, like these chemicals are being released. When you're sitting here, if you're just sitting there staring at the wall, like thinking about, uh, you know, when you got a fucking DUI five years ago and you had to pay all this money and your baby mama left you and, you know, these things, you know, life happens, you know, we're all, we all have our shit, right? There is, a, you're sitting in the present moment, you're right here thinking of something that has already happened. You're 
you're kind of recalling and repeating and reliving this situation that, uh, you know, there is a part of you that wants to learn from it. You're thinking to yourself, why did I do that? Like, why, like, why would I choose to, what the hell? Um, there, it's, it's, it's human. It is human. It's not that abnormal. A lot of people are doing this. I mean, we're all kind of a basket case in our head. Really, if you stop and just observe your thoughts as they're passing by, you're a, you're a damn mad person. You know, we're all, we're all pretty nutty as it, as it turns out. We just have this external facade that we all have to play along with. We have this cultural zeitgeist that we have to, um, you know, keep face with. We have our, our customer service mask, our coffee shop face. Uh, and it's, it's, it's part of being a human. It's part of having an ego. It's part of, uh, uh, um, you know, experiencing life and having, um, you know, we have to have a societal avatar to exist. Like there would be no personality to you if you didn't have, um, an, an, an ego or a, a, a projection of your interactions with others, how it makes you feel and you know kind of a what you believe others think of you kind of creates a lot of what our ego is and a lot of what our internal dialogue is with ourself uh so we, we could be depressed thinking about something that's not here you know but, but so so what we have to do for me I started noticing these things that's a huge part is being aware not being caught in the thought right so when you're when you're having an anxiety attack, when you're having um, let's back up. Let's not talk anxiety attacks yet. I will get to those, but let's say we're just having an anxious feeling. You're having that, you know, maybe um, what, what is a what does a relaxed person look like? You know, maybe you know the, their face isn't all tensed up. Their shoulders are down. Their shoulders are are back. They're comfortable. Imagine how you may feel, uh, you know, when you're at, at at a family event. You know, you you have no reason to be anyone other than yourself. You can laugh. You know, you're very comfortable with what's going on. You don't feel threatened in any way. You're relaxed. Your 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 body language. Um, you're kind of unconsciously doing certain things. You know, your feet are even uh, facing your loved ones. Um, if, if, you know, there's, there is this general openness. Um, there's a lot of great research on uh, lobsters, actually, when it comes to serotonin. There is a, a higher levels of serotonin when we are kind of relaxed and, and opened in our shoulders, our back. Uh, lobsters, actually, when you take away their serotonin if they are the alpha lobster at the top of the tank you take away their serotonin they actually kind of close back in and they sink to the bottom of the tank so there's a hierarchy with lobsters um, that we've tested kind of how serotonin works i think it's serotonin that it is um, it's good stuff though i'm sure you could find that if that interests you lobsters serotonin depression hierarchy something you'll find it um, so th there's also so, 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 oh, the opposite. So yeah, we're open up. Um, th this is how we feel when, when we're open, we're ready. You know, you're comfortable with where you're at. You're comfortable with yourself and what you're there to do. Uh, versus think of someone who is depressed. You know, what, what do they look like? Maybe they've, you know, maybe you think of someone with their hood up. Maybe you think of uh, kind, of, kind of a more of a closed off physical 
stature, uh, posture, uh, maybe shoulders kind of humped, o humped over. Um, you know, maybe their feet are kind of facing in. Maybe they're trying to appear small. Um, this is kind of an unconscious thing that a lot of us that that's going to happen. This is this is how you get when you're depressed. You know, you're you're kind of closed off. Uh, uh, think about when you're anxious. You know, there is an aspect of kind of like wanting to appear small. You know, but even sometimes anxiousness is busy anxiousness. You know, it is you are open. Um, but think about your shoulders is a great one, you know, your jaw, your um, all this muscle muscle tension, your eyes, you know, if you're anxious, you might be like, okay, okay, let's go. We got to do this thing. And, and maybe you're kind of moving fast. Maybe you're breathing. If you notice you're breathing, maybe your breathing is up here in your chest when you're anxious um, or when you're overly ruminating about the past or, or, the, or the future. So uh, what, one thing you want to try to do um, one thing we want to remember is when we can become aware of these things, oh, what is my body doing? Okay, I'm thinking about this thing. Oh, the, the mind is ruminating over the past again. There I go again. There, there the mind goes. Oh, how human I am. Okay, forgive yourself, you know, because we'll judge ourselves a lot for even having these thoughts, for even having, if you have intrusive thoughts, I've had, I've, I've dealt with a ton of intrusive thoughts and I thought I was the worst person ever and it got, I would, th there was this reaction that I would have to intrusive thoughts uh, that would be kind of um, like a, like a tick in response to the intrusive thought. And this is something that I've, that I've cleared up with, um, I think a lot of this, this work around mindfulness and meditation and uh, yoga, breath work, all, a lot of this stuff that I'm kind of um, trying to bring into the conversation here um, is, is I, I think it's kind of eliminated a lot of these kind of ticks that I had, you know, a lot of these uh, things that I would do physically kind of unconsciously, they would just happen when I was not getting my preference. When I, um, it's kind of like, a, like you know, you might hear of, of OCD, these sorts of things. I think a lot of us overly diagnose ourselves with OCD. It's kind of this casual buzzfeed word in a lot of ways, um, but it's actually not, I don't think that it's helpful to attach these things to our identity all the time, maybe to open up conversation and understand ourselves. But I think that, you know, as we discover these, uh, you know, our own neuroses, which we all have. I think there's so much information out here and there's so many ways to learn about what's happening rather than just sitting and suffering with, with what we're experiencing that we can kind of over time with patience, with you know perseverance, with work, with actual doing things work, uh, I think we can kind of unwind these things. I used to be someone who would consider himself someone who uh, I would tell people I have OCD. Um, there are certain things that people, my loved ones, would know about me. Like, you know, the the simple. Here's a great example that I'm sure a lot of people we stress about uh, being an even number when you're turning up the volume or whatever. You know, these sorts of little like quirky things we all have, and um, uh, oh, I'm so, yeah, it's just this thing about me, you know, and it, when it generally gives you anxiety and you allow it to really become part of your identity and you allow it to genuinely affect you, and it's now negatively affecting your relationships and, um, I mean, I, there's nothing wrong with having a personality, but uh, when you start to notice these things are unhelpful, you know, uh, when you start to notice that you 
maybe you don't want to identify with someone with depression. Maybe you haven't been to a doctor and he's told you I have or you have depression. Um, you are that you have such and such. You have such and such. Here's you know that's we think that's the only way that we confirm we have something. We we have this uh, this disease or this sickness. You know, man. I, I mean, I don't think you should go around self-diagnosing yourself after uh, you know a couple Reddit threads, but uh, there there is. Listen, man, we're 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 all human. This is part of being a human. This these are parts of the experiences that I have uh, in you know within my consciousness, in my in my head, you know. I mean, where is it? Is it floating around here? The experiences that we have are a byproduct of our modern culture, a byproduct of how how and what a human is. Like what, you know, even specifically, like how are Americans in such way? How uh, the, the, the series of events and teachings and experiences that I had as I was growing up in certain certain years, certain uh, detrimental years, shape who I am, shape what I experience, shape how I solve problems. They shape how I uh, um, contemplate my own existence. They shape how I show up in the world. They shape my reactions. We kind of have this weird feeling in the Western world, and it's no fault of our own, um, but we, we kind of have this weird feeling that we like arrived on planet Earth uh, like in a spaceship and we're being taken care of by like a, a government or, you know, the, there are powers who know everything and they are planning out our life, but we were born with absolute complete free will as completed individuals. And regardless of what happens to us when our, when we're adolescents or teen, or even, you know, in your twenties or thirties, it doesn't affect who we are and, and how we show up uh, because we just are this person and we just deal with what happens to life, you know, but we, we really are, you know, if you really think deeply on evolution, um, which I think is a healthy exercise, you know, you really think about how our lungs don't work if we don't have trees, right? Like what are we breathing in? Where do we get oxygen? So why are we considering ourselves separate than a piece of us that must exist trees and oxygen do not exist we would not exist right so we kind of separate ourselves we kind of compartmentalize ourselves into these little little separate you know we 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 act like we are on earth not of earth um in and we kind of, you know, when we grow up reading all these books, all these, uh, um, you know, in class you're reading textbooks and, you're, and you're, your teachers are the authority, so they're teaching you. Um, and you assume, you know, when you're young especially, you assume, like, dude, this person literally knows, like, they're a teacher. And then, you know, you kind of get older and uh, you're like, oh, wait, I never really thought about it. Like, okay, of course they don't sleep here, huh? Right? Yeah, you know, remember having those little, like, goofy thoughts when you start to think about what is a teacher? And then you get older um, and you start, you know, when I started getting, like, a few years into my 20s, I remember I started having people around me and people that I've been friends with since I was a kid, they'd become teachers. And I'm like, oh, like, you know, 
so you're like you're a teacher now and at first you're like wait you're a teacher and then you start thinking oh yeah they, okay actually they probably do it do a pretty good job and then you kind of remember yeah now they're human okay so my teachers were probably pretty human too and you start to really think about you know your teachers were actually your age you know i remember i had teachers who were like 25 years old and when i was 23 i'm like huh? i have I had teachers. I think you think they're so on this pedestal. But we also kind of think about that when it comes to like anybody in control of money or anybody with power or um, I know the even saying the word government has a lot of uh, annotation on it that kind of like puts our mind in, into somewhere um, when I'm not really trying to bring it. Uh, the structure of what it means to like exist and grow up and be a human and come out of this giant rock hurling through space, you know, ha this thing that is called evolution that we are understanding, you know, we, we do understand a lot of this very deeply, but, you know, this might be news to you, but we don't know everything. Like there is, I mean, there's literally a thing called a theory of everything, and it is a, a consistently evolving, no answer answer that like all these, you know, very intelligent people and, and physicists and, and, and philosophers are trying to understand, like we're trying to understand what is consciousness, what is it like to be something. Um, it's like a, a, you know, kind of a brushstroke of, of what consciousness means to, to have an experience. We don't know, there's not some dude, this may be, I, I promise this is important. Uh, this I know this seems like too far fet or too left field to have anything to do with depression and anxiety, but truly understanding what you are and not how you got here, but how 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 your experience of yourself is. Man, how do I word it? Because learning about yourself, learning the history, what we know so far, and I'm not even saying like what I've learned and what I've studied and what I've um, read about is like the capital T truth and like this is the only one way. I'm telling you, when you start to explore any of these kind of forks when it comes to philosophy and evolution and biology and what are you and what is, you know, you, you never get into this kind of God side of things, but I'm not talking about God, religion God, I'm not talking about uh, uh, the God that pops in your head. I'm talking about the man with the beard in the clouds that a lot of us unconsciously think about when we hear the words like God. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the core of ultimate love. <clears throat> Imagine love continually going, like uh, infinite, infinite love. I mean, I think even the word love has so much annotation on it. Let me back up. Let's back up. I apologize. I'm trying to, my notes are just my intention. I didn't want to overthink this. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, 
And so my intentions are really to just explain anxiety and depression in a way that helps people, um, those who have it and those who do not. You know, I uh, I kind of started, I was talking about how what depression is and isn't. You know, it's not just extreme sadness. It is this something is wrong. Something feels wrong. You know, it's it's a, we're kind of this, chemical factory where this where this uh there's all these different things you know if you take a say a vitamin d pill you think of it okay well vitamin d is a supplement that you buy well no vitamin d is a vitamin is vitamin d is a process in which the sun affects an organism and it's a vital part of our structure so if you take out vitamin d things start to go wrong in the uh the human factory so we 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 misunderstand it's It's a, you know, if, if we think of ourselves like a chemical factory, if we think of ourselves, it's, it's, it's a something is wrong. I am missing something. You know, right now for me to speak to you, there's all sorts of, there's, you know, millions and billions of cells and all these things happening and all these things firing and all these things, uh, uh, you know, combusting and combining and duplicating and depleting and releasing you know all, we can't see it but our you know our pores are, are releasing certain things uh, there's these synapses is firing that's all going on that's all happening um, when you're depressed it feels like something in that process is like fucked up it feels like something in that process is uh, like like just not working just busted and the problem is a lot of the problem that adds to it is is we identify with that and we feel like an idiot because of that we feel like that's something like that's our fault you know we right now you're sitting there you know breathing and, and your your heart is pumping and your blood is moving on and there's all these you know billions of things that are happening within you uh and you, you don't take credit for them. You don't say, oh, that's me pumping my heart. Like, I'm consciously pumping my heart. I'm consciously, consciously remembering to breathe. You know, uh, so, but, but, but there's this thing with depression and anxiety and a lot of illnesses and, and a lot of mental health stuff that when it starts to happen, we take credit for it. We make ourselves feel bad for having these bad thoughts we make ourselves feel bad for experiencing um inadequacy for not being able to handle whatever's going on for being anxious you know it's this it's this big cycle uh uh d depression is kind of and then, and then the situation is like yeah of course this is happening and anxiety is uh i i can't handle this happening so th there's this there's this problem with the eye, with the constant, um, this constant attachment to, it's this, this reacting, it's how I was saying, you know, I have, if, if you have an intrusive thought, you might have a little tick afterwards, like you think of, uh, as you're driving down the freeway, 
or you're in the passenger seat of a car, like, oh, imagine if I lean my head out the side of this car and just put my eyeball on the grate as we're going 75 miles an hour, that would fucking hurt. And then you go, I don't think that that's what a crazy person would think about right now. You're literally in a car with someone that you enjoy. You're in the car with your family. Like, let's not think about putting our eyeball against the side of that uh, barricade. Um, if you've never had an intrusive thought, that probably sounds like a crazy, crazy thing to uh, experience, but that's what intrusive thoughts are. Uh, or like, hey, can I hold your baby? And you're just thinking, like, I could chuck this baby. And not in a jokingly way, you're like almost afraid that your body may react and just chuck that baby or something. Um, you become fearful. You have a response to a thought. The response to the thought is what gets you sticky. The response to the thought is what you have to start saying, nah. No, I don't want to think that. I'm not gonna think that anymore. What well, what's something that you, that that I could put in its place, or what's what's a response to that? You know, don't, don't, even even backing up, even identifying, saying I don't want to think that. I don't think that's even helpful. I think even just saying, uh, uh, oh, there my mind goes again. You know, there there I am. I, I had a counselor one time. Um, she told me to think of this was actually helpful. She, she told me to think of. Um, Think of yourself like when you're throwing a pity party, when you're being depressed, when you're like being obtuse and you notice it and you have this awareness and then you're like, well, dude, I suck. I am an idiot and whatever. Um, start to start to treat yourself like your depressed self, your your bummer mood self, you know, that that dude who doesn't show up as, um, you know, the perfect partner for for your fam, for your wife, or the perfect father for your for your son and daughter, or the perfect uncle, or, or the perfect friend, or or whatever you know the this um, this you know when you're when you're showing up and you're noticing I'm being my depressed self, you have this awareness like okay I'm doing this sad thing again. Talk to yourself like this is what the counselor said. Talk to yourself like you're a drunk friend. Imagine you're out with your homie and. You two are having some drinks, and your homie has more than you, and they get a little slosh, and they kind of had a rough week, and they're, you know, they they lose it, they start crying, you know, we, we know how it gets with the booze. Sometimes it'll poke you, it's easy, it gets you, it's an antidepressant, or it's it's a de depressant rather, uh, you know. And say say your friends started crying, they're like, oh, I don't know, man, I've just really been going through a lot lately, and um, you know, so and so is it left me, and you know, whatever. Maybe they're, they're sad, they're getting down on themselves. What are you going to say to them? Are you going to be like, <laughs> are you going to say, you fucking pussy, man up. You need to shape up. Like, bro, get over it. Or you're a depressed idiot. Or, or why are you thinking? Or you're incapable. Or, you know, what, what does our mind tell us? What does your mind tell you? Maybe it's different than the shit that mind tells me. You know, mine happens to be brutal and specific and very mean sometimes. You know, maybe yours is similar. Would you talk to your friend, your drunk friend, calling him an idiot, judging him, having a reaction to what he's experiencing? He's experiencing sadness. Uh, would you label him in a certain way? Or would you say, I hear you, bro. That's all right, buddy. Let's get you home. Let's get you some water. Let's get you a fucking delicious grilled cheese. Because that's what you get your crying drunk friend is a grilled cheese sandwich, by the way. Um, you know... And it sounds so overly obvious, right? Like, of course you wouldn't talk to your friend like that, but we'd speak to ourselves in that way. The response to the thought in the first place becomes 
like where our ego, where our personality, where identity like really digs in, where it really makes us feel bad about having those thoughts, about experiencing what we're currently experiencing. We put a label on it, we try to we bring out our, our report card and we put F minus you suck. Boom. Like bro, you don't have to do that. You could you know, oh, I'm noticing, okay, instead of like you're a dumb bitch. You talk to yourself, you, your internal dialogue is a bit more um, um, sweet, friendly, supportive. You know, tr you got to start treating yourself like you would a friend who needs help. You know, this is part of the human experience, you know, and this might feel stupid, this might feel silly. That's part of what comes with depression. A lot of what comes with depression is it feeling fake. Yeah. It feels so fake. It feels contrived. It feels like you're a sissy boy. It feels like you uh, are incapable of experiencing bad emotions. Uh, it, it's, it feels like everyone else has their shit in lock and like your life is way harder and you're just really confused at how everyone is not completely suffering at all times because that's how it feels like it is in your head. It feels fake. When you get to coming around to admitting you have depression, admitting you have suicidal ideation, admitting that you have um, intrusive thoughts, admitting that you have negativity, extreme crippling anxiety, you know, a lot of this, I think, especially when it comes for a man, I mean, for me, it's, uh, it feels very like, like it's it's such a it's it's beyond vulnerable but you are um it feels weak it feels definitely weak but it's not it's actually as a form of it's actually a, a, a psychological form of bravery um to kind of stand up to your depressed anxious mind and go dude it's a, it's i like Okay, something's going on here. Like, we're going to have to change paths, whatever I'm thinking about, whatever I'm doing. Yeah, I listen. I'm hearing that lesson loud and clear. I'm going to take it. I'm going to grab it by the horns. Let's go. I'll handle it, you know. But uh, it's, you know, I should, I should probably do this in another video. Actually, no. I'm going to keep going. I, I think this is part of it. So depression. So I was diagnosed with, was first diagnosed with major depressive disorder. When I had first gone in, I mean, it really, you fill out, you fill out a questionnaire, you check some boxes, uh, you kind of, a lot of it is kind of like figuring out or coming to terms with, or looking at like, did you have some childhood trauma? You know, they have you, they, they do a, um, CBT, is it the cognitive behavioral therapy? They basically have you fill out this thing and it's like my parents were divorced when I was younger. Um, I was raped. I was uh, poor. I couldn't afford whatever. We were evicted. Like you kind of have like these, I don't know exactly, but I don't remember exactly, but you, you check off these things and you have like a score at the bottom of it. You know, it's kind of the experience of going to the doctor when you have depression. Um, and then you have a conversation that, you know, for me, it was certainly less than 10, 8, 7 minutes. Uh, and before you know it, you know, you prescribe this antidepressant and you're kind of trying to explain to this doctor, like, I don't know what it is. I just like feel really like sad and my body hurts and I hate everything and I want to die a lot. 
uh, and you're like looking at him like, do you please solve my problems? And he says, yes, sir, I know the answer for that. Uh, there's this uh, pharmaceutical company who uh, gives me a bonus each year if I prescribe enough of, you know, just kidding. The way that we diagnose depression is super dumb and shitty and I don't think that we understand it or even try to understand it, but what we have is this medical, you know, establishment that is what you deal it's this place that you go to when your arm is hanging there and you need surgery but we also are bringing people with mental health problems to to these places and it's just completely a shit show and it sucks um that's certainly my opinion and we can fist fight about it if you agree or or, or disagree so uh, i'll have a debate <laughs> uh um so I got diagnosed with, so through this questionnaire, through this short conversation, I was diagnosed at first with major depressive disorder. He, he prescribed me some SSRIs, uh, which are, um, you know, uh, like a serotonin uh, um, reuptake inhibitor. Uh, they just basically start to mess with your brain chemicals. And so I tried a few different ones. Uh, they kept upping my dose. I felt completely fucking out of my mind. Um, listen, these do help a lot of people. There's low doses of certain things that like don't have such uh, obstructive effects on the brain. But we, you know, the research around this is really the long-term research around this and what it really does to our brain and what it does to like our psychological experience of ourselves and our the world. It's not heavily. It's not as heavily researched as you think it should be. It's not as foolproof as is. It's just not great. Um, so I was diagnosed with yeah, major depressive disorder. Tried a few. Was at a really high dose. Um, I was to the point where I was just feeling zombied out. I was uh, I was pushed over into uh, my suicidal ideation. I was no longer. I didn't have like the fear around it. I had this like a blah numbness, of course. So like putting a physically putting a loaded gun to my head was like it didn't freak me out i felt nothing it was like in in noticing that i couldn't have a reaction or like an emotion to that and it, it just oh my god it was just this terrible feeling um it, it, was, it was like a feeling of nothingness you almost like wish you were sad it was super strange um and then i had a bunch of side effects um and i had a bunch of you know I was going through a lot of psychological crazy shit anyway. Like, uh, I'm already a pretty weird dude, and this was definitely like a few. I'm, I'm actually like just coming out of this last couple of years of my life of kind of insanity, I think, last few years. Um, and I'm still, still a bit in it for sure. Uh, I'm just, as I gain more distance, I start to kind of understand and I kind of start to like recoup some of the information that I learned from myself and, and uh, through reading and listening to stuff. So, um, uh, so major depressive disorder, Lexapro. So I was also diagnosed with bipolar depression, which I mean, we hear the word. This is another one. We hear the word bipolar, and then we're immediately like, people are like, okay, so you're gonna freak out and um, stab people suddenly, or you're very uh, unstable. You know, there's this with these psychiatric conditions. The way they're painted in our head, you know, schizophrenia, any any of this stuff, multiple personality disorder, multiplicity, 
um, all this stuff. This is another thing that you have to notice in your head. It's painted as this like weird, like Hollywood videos or Hollywood video, Hollywood um, um, movies and uh, kind of like what we were taught when we were growing up, what our parents were taught, what they passed down to us. You know, they only have the information they were given. We're kind of, we misunderstand a lot of this stuff. You know, we, we think of this condition is the crazy person screaming at the bus stop. You know, it's, it's, this is way different. You know, back in the day, something like schizophrenia, for example, um, if you showed signs of being schizophrenic when you were younger, you would actually be sent to the like village shaman to go live and learn how to be a shaman. Um, it is the way that your brain works or the way that you, the, whatever you've got going on internally, psychologically, doesn't fit with the way that culture, society, our um, um, our capitalistic marketplace of of being it doesn't fit with that it's a weird it's it's too fringy it's it's a it, it doesn't make sense it makes people uncomfortable it's a you know it's it's this this crazy if if you call someone crazy if you you, you can disregard them you can you can instantly other them and it makes you feel safe about how you are sane. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, you know, it, it really is this kind of like learned madness that we have. Um, uh, I, I'm terribly going going off path and in a bit all over the place, but I, I do think that it helps. I'm sure it will spark conversations at the very least. Um, I think that the way in which I have experienced conversation in long lectures myself these sorts of like rambling to no ends were some of the most profound um, sentences that i would end up hearing so i guess i will um try to <laughs> my god antidepressants um So when I, what is it about antidepressant? Okay, so I was diagnosed, so what's important here? The things that are important out of what I'm trying to say here, being diagnosed with these things, um, is kind of like you have, to take, you have to take things into your own hands. You have to do your own research. You have to learn about how your own mind works because the people, if you go to the doctors, if you go to, you know, you know even some counselors and therapists, um, you know, bless, bless them, each and every one of them for sure. Um, but they, they are also kind of like your teachers, you know, remember, um, they're, they're just kind of people who, you know, they certainly have their own experience. And there is, you know, people who are, uh, you know, far left field different in, in I will say better um, at this, at truly understanding and, and, and truly not checking the boxes, not not learning everything they learned from studies in books and um, from data, from uh, nonfiction ways of understanding um, the human experience and sadness and depression and anxiety. You know, they, they only know what, the, what they were taught um, and what they've experienced. You know, maybe their personal experience has brought them um, full circle, but a, a lot of this, a lot of this, a, a lot of our, damn, damn, 
you're going to have to help yourself. I mean, that, that's like, that's what I'm getting at is you have to understand what's going on. I mean, it's kind of like the same thing when it comes to fitness is we have all these diets and we, this is another arrival thing that we're kind of trained to is, 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 is diets and fitness. We're like, okay, I need to lose 20 pounds. Once I lose 20 pounds, then I never have to like, then I'm good. I don't have to even like what? I don't have to think about what I eat or what I do or how I physically move my body and whatnot. We just get to the next goalpost, you know. It's kind of the way that we're 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 taught to think. Remember, you know, follow this carrot on a stick, get from get from elementary school to middle school and then up to high school and college and then you'll you know do this. It's it's really just this incorrect um uh uh perception of kind of it has to be a sustainability it has to be like a lifestyle it has to be like you don't have to become obsessed with depression and anxiety and talking about it and like that's all you do and that's all you consume and you just like read millions of books about it and whatever like this is i, I mean i love doing all this stuff because this is what i needed at the beginning i had to get into this i had to uh, uh like dive headfirst into what's going on because it was it was that or pull the trigger you know it, it was it was, I'm going to die if I don't do something. Like, I am practically dead with my inability and my, like, not doing anything. Like, these doctors are not helping me. I ended up, like, cold turkey quitting my antidepressants. Um, this is years and years ago. Uh, and, oh, my God, I was just, just a total mess. And I think that there was psychological effects, like, the way that I um, had a lot of like depersonalization, derealization. I had a lot of um, cognitive dissonance. I had a lot of um, disassociative attacks. Um, uh, maybe attacks is a, a, yeah, sure, an attack. Like um, my brain was just zapping, bro. I mean, and this was this was for a while after I got off the antidepressants, literal literal years after, um, and I still. I mean, I, I think that I had permanent effects. I think I had permanent things happen to me by just throwing random, you know, you know, <laughs> antidepressants and shit at my brain. I mean, not that, not that I'm a perfect uh, body as my temple. You know, I put a, I put a worse things in my in my nasal cavity. That's for sure. Um, so, you know, it really it really does take. This is not something that other people can solve for you. This is not your fault, but it is your responsibility. If you're experiencing anxiety and depression, it's on you, baby. It's you and only you. You have to take care of it. I mean, if you got a loved one, if you got a family, if you got friends, if you got people who could support, you know, even your boss at work, if they're like, yo, I get it, I understand you, um, you know, head home today, yeah, I don't know, whatever. If you got people who understand you, that's a blessing. But really, 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 if you have depression and anxiety, it's on, it's on you. And I know that that's something that people are almost like, no, don't say that. Like, yeah, well, you know, th th there's this weird, we can't talk about certain things. You got to say the correct things when you're dealing with someone um, with depression and anxiety. And, and I feel like we need to open up the conversation. We need to not have fear. We need to not filter ourselves about this shit. We need to have, we need to personally share our experience. We need to not justify our bullshit. We need to um, not stay small in our ego. We need to not find things that we can identify with and we latch on and then protect anybody who comes for that part of our identity. These are things that can be um, in some way, in some form understood and, you know, uh, 
I don't like to use the word solved here, but there is a, um, there's an understanding of a lot of this depression and anxiety stuff that you can get to through knowledge, through learning, through philosophy, through listening to other people speak about it, through um, having actual open conversations without the fear, without the armor, you know, with, with, you know, our shit so bite-sized, it's so quick, but I mean, if you really had, um, you know, maybe you're, you're, a, you're a teenager and you're really close to your mom, but like she doesn't understand, she doesn't know that you're depressed, like if you just sit, sat down and, uh, you know, just had hours worth of conversation or an hour worth of conversation, you know, no phones, nobody else, no fronts, no bullshit, you know, no obligations, nowhere to be, like really just a, hey, you know, I love you, like the person across the across in the room, like I love you, we, we got to talk about this, I'm having, like I can't handle this on my own, I can't navigate this on my own, because when it's in our head cavity, when it's just bouncing around in our dang head, we don't really get we don't really get like the the different perspectives you know we, we keep justifying our bullshit our, our our bullshit our depression starts to um uh, you know we identify with our depression we start listening to that that um mean voice and we start thinking that's truth and and you know we start we start uh believing the whisperings of the devil you know we you know instead of experiencing um experiencing that feeling of being the the homie to yourself to your drunk friend you know to, to, to be like hey, it's it's okay bro you know it's a having that that little flicker of of god that's within each of us that little flicker of love that's within each of us that little that little you know like fuck you nihilism you ain't taking me down you know like wherever that comes from wherever we can like get up out of the dust like anytime we've ever done it we forget about the millions of times we've we've done it and we've like gotten ourselves out of bed and we didn't want to and we like pulled ourselves and we did one more rep and we uh, uh we challenged ourselves to go talk to that girl like that 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 desire to be more to experience love to be present to to say yes to to step into that light you know that's such a natural thing it's a, such a natural way of being it's supposed to be our natural way of being um you know listening to that giving power to that it starts to have a, a domino effect it starts to have a snowball effect where you start what what you do is what you always do you know in this world we're all we're evolution is moving some way this this way that we are uh, existing the way that it is to be is going a direction you know it's it's moving at some momentum atrophy is a real thing if you sit there's a guy who's he's has his arm up like this and he devoted to never put it down and he's got a pinky up or something like that and his his arm has become this like tiny little frail stuck little like stale breadstick looking thing you know and it's just like that's what happens if you you know if you go to the gym and you boom 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 look at time is moving we're projecting we're going through space everything is fluid life is momentum and it's moving if you do some bicep curls you start to build muscle you know yeah you you have to 
fuel and listen to the correct person in here. You know, you have to listen to the good wolf. You have to believe the good wolf. You have to say uh, no to the devil. You know, it's uh, uh, don't don't let my don't let my wording of, of devil and God uh, uh, sway you wrong. Uh, uh, there is something that happens in your brain in, in a lot of our understandings of these words that is is an incorrect lie of what these things really are. Like the, it doesn't have to have anything to do with religion here. This is just a part of what it means to be a human. You know, there is a spiritual aspect of every single human. This is just language, but it's there's a piece within you that is life and love that says yes. That pushes forward, that chooses to go, that chooses to be a something rather than a nothing, that uh, finds delight in the uh, single light in the middle of, 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 of a chaotic infinity, you know, um, uh, th there is, there's, you, you, you fuel that side of you, 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 you gas up that good wolf you gas up that superhero side of yourself that like i can handle this i'm not perfect i'm human um but you know it, it takes that nihilistic view of your future that like i'm never gonna amount to anything bullshit and it says you know what maybe i will maybe i'm gonna die maybe i'm gonna die trying you know maybe i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i believe that i could be those things like, why not try? You know, you start listening to that, that superhero, that, that you know, you got to give yourself a cape. You got to notice, you got to bring awareness. Awareness is the huge thing, right? You got to notice that this is happening because you'll be identifying with your thoughts. You'll be synced up thinking that everything that is being thought, all these thoughts that are happening, you're, you're thinking that they all are you and I'm such an idiot, I'm such a dipshit and I suck and and my my kids are better off without me and I'm terrible at my job. You know, wh whatever it is, this this extreme, this heaviness that comes with, you know, being depressed and anxious, uh, it is, it, it is, given fuel you know you, you you fuel this thing up you fire this thing up you uh, by listening to it by by not saying i see you fool i see you devil i see you uh i see you depressed jake you know you know what i mean you you got to um you got to you got to you got to feed the good wolf i mean that really is okay okay and listen like this isn't some shit that i read right feeding the good wolf um even like this is something that I had to really discover. I think I think uh, the, the the part I mentioned about depression, feeling fake, feeling contrived, uh, the believing in yourself thing, the like self love thing, the listening to the dude with the superhero cape, not the nihilistic, you know, sad sad guy, um, being there for the sad guy. Okay, I, yeah, but what we're actually gonna do is we're gonna be positive because. Uh, I know that if I feed this wolf, it's going to blah, blah, blah. It, you know, that is something I discovered. Like it was, it, it took me a while because you have to keep laying this brick by brick. This every, you know, every time you have a thought every day that this comes up, some days are worse than others, but you just got to keep bricking by bricking. And it, 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 it starts to, it really does have momentum. You kind of build yourself into 
the non-depressed person, the non-anxious person, the person who has a situation happen and has like a little bit of a wedge of, uh, of, of um, you know, gentle thought before reactivity. Uh, uh, you, you know, there's a, there is a happening and your response to it. And your response to it gets trained by being and not not just overly positive not putting blinders on to the world like you know if you're stressed about your bills the bills are still coming baby but like you know you kind of get this but i can handle it i'm gonna trust that i i've taken care of everything before in the past i'm i'm 30 years old i've handled it before i'm gonna damn well handle it again let's go what do i need to do you know let's let's act or um you know there is even a side of that is that is letting go like i trust um i I trust that this will work out you know i i have done everything i i can i have prepared myself in 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 every which way there's no sense in being anxious about this thing that is inevitably going going to uh not maybe not inevitably going to happen in such a way but there is this event that is coming and happening and i am uh, dealing with this thing I, it, it, I see that it is not helpful for me and my life to listen to the worst case scenario view of, of what may happen in the future I see that that is unhelpful uh, so I choose to recognize allow but shelf not listen to allow to float away let it be, as the Beatles would say, you know, the, uh, let it, let it pass by, you know, in the meditation, we talk about a lot of, we, we talk a lot about um, observing and noting. Oh, okay, that, that's a thought. That's a feeling. Yeah, you know, you're sitting on the bench watching the freeway. You're sitting on the bench watching the cars. You're not on the freeway hustling and jostling, experiencing all the emotion of the cars. And I am this and I am that. You watch what the mind does you watch the the brain's uh madness that that we all have of being a human it's just like a sense you probably heard um the third eye the mind's eye it's the the sixth sense um uh i I do want to do a a video on the third eye because when i when i first had heard about it i thought it was like the coolest creepiest like illuminati what's that like it's just really it is a really cool concept but it's very confusing to understand at the beginning uh uh, but our sixth sense, you know, right now is you, when you, if you think about in a meditative state, you're just sitting here observing what is happening. Like you are not, you aren't your eyesight. You aren't your experience of smell. You can observe the body having these experience. And it's not a you. It's not a, like I'm not saying Jake is observing. It is as a conscious experience consciousness itself I watch the let's say five six senses let's say five senses so as I'm sitting here I feel I have have the feeling of touch of my lips touching one another I have the feeling of my my shirt on my skin of my bottom on my on my cushion of my feet on the floor um, that I have feeling I can hear What's, what's something that I hear far away? What's something that I hear close? 
What have I gotten used to? What have I completely blocked out and, and forgotten that was there? Can I hear a freeway in the distance? Can I hear uh, an airplane? Can I hear my neighbors? Can I hear music? Can I hear uh, my air conditioner? You know, there's all these layers of sound. Sound, you, you, t you got touch, you have sound, you have your eyesight. I can see there is a, a designated... Uh, 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 oh, I'm blanking on a lot of the concepts for visual acuity. But there's... a like a focal point, you're focusing on one thing. Right now I'm focusing on this camera, but there's also this peripheral out here, right? Like I can see, I'm not watching it, but I can see out of the corner of my eye, I can see my hands and I'm aware that I'm doing this. Uh, you can see up, up above all these things that you kind of ignore because you have a conscious experience that points at what in physical reality is important to what you need to meet your you know hierarchy of needs whatever it is that you're uh, searching to, to have whatever need you are searching to have met at this moment so you have your vision uh, you can see far you can see close um, you have smell you could smell deeply you can you can even kind of back to touch and feeling you could feel what your body does when you smell um, and you could even kind of just without breathing in just if you subtly just notice the smell that's already in your nose you know just by breathing through your, through your nose you, you kind of notice um, taste you can what do you, you know what do you taste have you had a cup of coffee uh, have, have you had you know food recently do you taste the remnants of the food have you brushed your teeth you know you don't even have to do that but but there is taste happening and what you're doing is you're bringing your awareness to these things, these five senses. And the sixth sense that I was mentioning is thought. This is something that is kind of complicated. It's kind of hard for us to understand. It's kind of the root of, of meditation in a lot of ways is the observation of thought and not becoming identified with it. Uh, again, the way we grew up, the way the Western world is, the way the Western world has made us into who we are, the teachings of uh, this, this current moment of the zeitgeist has made us um, kind of, yeah, we just have so much momentum. We don't we don't stop and notice all of these things. Uh, we don't stop and notice that the same way sound is happening. I'm not saying let me hear my air conditioner. It's just there, right? You know, as soon as I, as soon as I, you know, kind of sit back in my mind in a sense, kind of relax into it the sound is, is simply happening. You know, there, there is a happening that has a reverberation uh, of, of, of my eardrums vibrating um, and it's creating what, what, we, what we call sound. Um, at the same time, the mind, as you listen and things are just happening, the mind is also just happening. Thoughts are just happening. It is part of being a human. It's part of having an experience each human on this planet has this happening. But the problem is we over-identify with it. We, we think we are the thoughts. We think that we are the stream. Imagine if, if, if you're, you know, when you're listening to someone mow a lawn, if you're sitting here right now and your neighbor is mowing their lawn, you know, you hear it. You don't think, I am the lawn mower mowing the lawn. I am the neighbor mowing the, you know, oh, that's a sound. That's happening. And then you have a reaction. Maybe if, uh, imagine a grumpy person leans his head out the window. Turn that shit off. It's, it's, 
three o'clock in the morning, whatever. Uh, or someone who, uh, you know, is very calm and they don't, other, you know, the happenings of what other people are doing sound-wise don't really affect them. They may just, oh, neighbors mowing their lawn, they're back to crocheting, whatever, it, you know. There's a reaction, you know, and what you need to do is train your reaction to, of course, your five senses, to what you see, to what you hear. These are, these are you know, basic, you know, practices of emotional intelligence, but really try to think of thoughts in the mind as a sense in which you needn't intertwine. That rhymed, I think, but start treating just just as everything in your visual environment you don't react to every single thing you choose what to react to what things are important to me in this very moment to meet my needs what things are very important for me to listen to as the, as the mind produces thoughts and and feelings and um and uh uh you know ideas you know these ideas just kind of uh, percolate out of nowhere they kind of come up out of nowhere and and though we don't get to choose you know how we we don't get to choose when we you know shut our mind off we don't shut our mind off uh, or stop the flow of thoughts but we can choose to not you know it's almost like a not listening to certain ones or something uh, it's yeah it, it is this lack of identification with thought I, I hate to just consistently restate the same thing but that really is what it is uh um and and you know this wasn't taught to us this is not something that like our parents and grandparents knew about the depression rates and the in the you know suicide rates anxiety rate the amount of people that have anxiety the amount of prescription drugs that are um uh you know given out for all these certain all of these things these days it's continually rising like listen man if you're listening to this shit or you have a family member listening to this shit or your you know your mom is is depressed so you're watching this trying to figure out like what's up with her um and, and try to like emphasize with her and try to understand her condition or something you know like seriously you're not alone I know you hear it. That's a buzz thing. You know, you're not alone in your thoughts. You know, you have uh, whatever. It's it, it really is though. We feel so, the, these these depressive, um, overly nihilistic bummer thoughts really have this stickiness to them. That is like, dude, I am a freak. I am a like evil, gross demon. Like, man, like if everyone's. <laughs> secrets and internal life and thoughts were laid out truth you know and, and that was our truth rather than our you know fictitious kayfabe civilization uh um we you know i, I think that we would all have such a laugh we would all just laugh ourselves to death if we if we truly saw and understood into each other's minds you know we walk as if it's so put together out here but it's just madness in in inside and, and we can't even admit it you know we can't even um we can't even it is like the ego protects us from from 
even really like course correcting because it's so far off. Um, okay, so I think I want to try to round out, but I think I, I want to hit anxiety just specifically. Um, and I really want to offer this goodness for how to handle anxiety attacks and how to reduce anxiety. Um, like what uh, I really want to, because I, I'd still deal with depression. I still have, um, you know, out of the diagnosis, I feel like I believe the, the, um, the bipolar depression, it really is. Some days I, I open my eyes and it's like, Oh, fuck, dude. Yikes. Like this is, this is, uh, this is one of those days I think, you know, like strap up, let's roll. Like let's, you know, we got work to do. Today is going to be a lot of work in my mind to keep it between the lines. Um, so I still have those and I'm working on it. I'm consistently trying all these new like supplements and um, reading these new books and, you know, a lot of meditation, a lot of yoga, a lot of breath work, whatever. But anxiety is something that I really don't experience that much anymore. I really, I mean, certainly compared, I used to have a anxiety attacks, uh, panic attacks. Everybody kind of has their own version of these. These are, this is another thing that we feel like, ooh, like don't fucking tell anybody I just had that. Like, because it's completely embarrassing. It's, com it's a complete like fragmentation of all of what we are and our image and our logic and our sense making is just completely out the damn window when it comes to panic attacks. And we think that our body is, uh, like we think you're, you know, I mean, people check themselves into the ER consistently because they're having a panic attack and they think it's a heart attack. I mean, this is like a very common thing. I know tons of people who had this exact experience and I would have conversations with them and they come back and, you know, they believe the doctor. Of course, they're not going to believe my crazy ass, but they believe the damn doctor with his lab coat. He's like, yeah, you had a panic attack. And I'm like, I, just, I didn't know. And, uh, let me, I, I hope I don't make anyone feel bad for having a panic attack and going to the doctor. I, it really is just this thing that's like pretty intense. It, it really is like a, you know, it could be a big deal. Panic attack, anxiety attack. Um, it's kind of your inability to deal with what's happening. You know, a lot of anxiety uh, is born from not being, thinking we are unable to handle not having our preference. So let me restate that. Not getting your preference creates anxiety and your presumption that you cannot handle not having your preference in like consistently identifying with that creates this loop of anxiety. So like you have to bring in awareness and, and logic in that wedge you have to bring that into the almost the same thing that when you know if you're talking to your sad depressed friend who's drunk and he's just like hammering you know oh, I'm an idiot and you're like you're not an idiot buddy you're fine you're just drunk it's okay man we're fine you kind of have that same with it with anxiety though it's harder to grasp in those moments because anxiety has like a manic 
like radic, uh, 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 frantic uh, feeling to it. Um, but but it it is a like okay, what what what's really happening right now? You know, you get present, you, you use your five senses to get present, and you realize that like there's no there's no torpedo coming, there's no lion coming. Because look at what, what what's happening when you're having an, an anxiety attack. Why are you feeling like all these these panicky feelings? It's the the smaller part of your brain, the fear response is being turned on. You know, this uh, like through evolution, we have this reptilian part of our brain that gets turned on, it gets activated, and it starts um, prioritizing. You know, our conscious thought is is certain things happen in the brain in different areas and we have certain experiences and thoughts. I'm not saying they're exactly correlated, but they are coinciding. Uh, 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 and we, you know, we, we have these for a reason. We're, we're, you know, we were running around with loincloths and spears, you know, for like hundreds of thousands of years. Uh, you know, or yeah, a long time. You know, we we what we are was built. This thing that came after monkeys, and we started like having communities and working together and like foraging for food. We started farming. We started saving food and storing food. All these things that started to happen um, from from monkeys. You know, think about how many freaking years we really were running around. If you hear a rustling over there in the bushes, you have to think. That might be a lion, so I need to have a quick, I'm going to survive the best. My species is going to continue to repopulate this earth, evolution, if I have a quick response with my spear ready to go. Is that a lion over there? Is that a tiger over there? I just heard that rustling. So you have this thing that activates. We have all these chemicals that happen, this brainstem, this thing, uh, uh, what is it, what is it, the amygdala? I think I fuck up when I try to get overly overly sciencey. I think I need to just uh, remain in a ph philosophical uh, uh, standpoint of explanation. So, so we have a lion over here, and we have a bodily response, and then our experience, you know, our thoughts and, and everything is is trying to solve it rapidly, trying to find the patterns. What's going on? I, I, I'm in fear. You know, I'm, I'm anxious about this thing. I'm afraid of this thing that's going to happen. You know. We now have the ability for that to happen to activate this thing that we have in our human body to respond to actual threats that was very, very helpful and is very, very good up until like a couple hundred years ago, a hundred years ago. I mean, really, iPhone came out in 2007, like not that long ago for what we are. We had these fear responses. We had these anxiety. We had uh, immediately get to a heightened state of awareness because you need to be able to attack this lion that you just heard rustling in the bushes. Did you just see out of the corner of your eye like a little piece of tan? <gasps> Is that a lion? Let's protect my family. We've got to survive. You know, this has been happening for a long time. Well, the... The modern world, the modern culture has 
things that happen to us, you know, the system is kind of gamed at us a lot when it comes to, you know, social media and technology and, 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 and the internet. Uh, there's a lot of things that activate the same thing that would be activated when a lion is about to attack, attack us. That same thing is activated because it fills someone's pockets because if I can get you to react, you're going to stay on my site more. If I can get you to react, you're going to play this game more. If I can get you to react, you have, it's, it's more memorable, you know, just, just as I was talking about our visual acuity, you know, you're looking at this thing, I'm looking at the camera, I'm kind of ignoring these things around here, my peripheral. It's the same thing. There is, if this was just green over here, this is just green nature. This is, this, there's no lion, there's no threat. There's no reason for me to pinpoint and look in and, and figure out what's going on there. It's just something I can, okay, it's safe. Our, we're not going to pay it a mind. We're not going to divert our attention to that because it's not, it's just, an, it's okay. It's safety. We're fine. We don't have to worry about that. Well, that same way of presenting content, the same way of presenting try, people trying to sell us things are, are capitalistic, like put this in front of you, get a reaction because it makes it more memorable for you. Show these certain colors because through evolution, we have uh, different reactions to different um, colors because we only see them in such environments. Imagine if you had lived in the Amazon um, and you never saw, you know, th th think about how in insane a tiger would look, like how much it would really stand out or like a white tiger or something. I mean, I, I don't know if they're in the Amazon. Uh, 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 like that would that would really stand out, you know. So uh, w there's a reason in which th th there's a, there's an evolutionary reason why we would respond in these in these such ways. But now our whole world, this whole thing, is activating that fear response in you as this thing that came after an ape or you know whatever your beliefs are. I think I think uh, I'm, I think a lot of people you know, would agree uh, on evolution in, 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 so, in some senses. Um, this part of your brain is being activated. You're anxious because you think that there is a, you're trying to perceive a threat. You have anxiety because you think that this lion is about to pounce on your neck, you know, and you need to have anxiety to be ready for it so you can kill him with a spear and protect your fam. So, the world is kind of against us in this way, you know, especially again, this modern, if, if you're someone who's on, you know, if you're someone who watches the news, this is being played against you very heavily. Um, you're thinking about all these things that may happen. You're afraid of this thing that is coming. This person caused this thing to happen over here on this side of the world. So it's definitely going to make this thing happen. And lo and behold, all the things that you've been so stressed out about have never fucking happened. Uh, you've think about everything you've ever felt extreme anxiousness about. Did it happen? This is how this is this is how this works. This is what goes on. We forget this though, like we don't notice. We're we're so mad. We're we're our thoughts are just boom 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 boom, just going so crazy that uh, these happenings, these happenings don't ever really happen. But we spend a lot of time uh, ruminating and in 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 fearing that they might happen, fearing for the the lion or the tiger to pounce. We are. 
uh, trying to protect ourselves. We're looking out for these threats. We're, we're trying to protect our family, trying to protect our community, trying to protect our loved ones, um, even our like tribalistic groups. We're trying to not only belong with them, uh, but we're trying to find the enemies. It's, it seems like a helpful thing, right? Find the enemies, figure out who they are so they don't trick us, so they don't, uh, you know, steal our baby or they don't, you know, take our food supply or, you know, there, there is the, the, there's the, you know, primitive part of having a human body, you know, and we have this consciousness projected into it or from it or whatever the hell is going on here. It's, it's something that we can't blame ourselves for not understanding, you know? It's something that, you know, th this seems, a lot of the stuff seems like really obvious, but there is something about it that is, is uh, liberating to take some time and just, okay, yeah, that, that really is what's going on, huh? damn. Um, just, just kind of sit with it. Again, our mind, we're constantly wrapped up in the, the, the quarrels of, of the neurological dance. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's okay. So I got around the corner with this anxiety thing. The breath is a huge part of anxiety. The breath is a huge, huge, huge part bring awareness to this. You have to start noticing where you're breathing, when you're breathing, how often you're breathing, how fast you're breathing, how slow you're breathing. Are you breathing through your nasals? Are you breathing through your mouth? Uh, are you wearing a mask way too damn much? Oh, I don't think anybody should be wearing any damn masks at this point, but watch what the masks do to your breathing. Um, these masks, I think, are actually making us more anxious, which raises cortisol levels which shuts down, <laughs> think about it, when you're in fear, when you think that a lion or a tiger is about to pounce, do you think that your body is like, now is the optimal time to grow your fingernails. Now is the best time to digest that bag of Sour Patch Kids that you ate earlier. No, no, you shut down a lot of stuff inside your body because you're prioritizing the blood being sent to like your extremities, uh, you're, you're prioritizing when you're stimulated like this with a fear response or even like a sensual response, there's things that are shut down that are not working in the same way because your body is prioritizing all this energy to this said things because it has to be able to be reactive and protect itself because none of that shit matters if you're dead. So the, the digestive system is not working when you're in a fear response. The fingernails and toenails are not growing when you're in a, uh, a fear response, your cortisol levels are high. You actually, I, I would say, your immune system is probably compromised. Your immune system is probably, if we had to say, what is a 100% working immune system? It is working at tip-top shape. Say someone who's like completely athletic and they're taking all the right vitamins and they're eating all the right things and they're breathing the right air and whatever, and their immune system is this, that's 100%. Do you think your immune system is at your 100% when you're about to stab a tiger, a bear, a lion, oh my, with a spear. No, that's not what happens. You are prioritizing the chemicals in your body are prioritizing certain things. This is out of your control. This is not what you, you're not beating your heart. You're not breathing in the air to your lungs. It's an unconscious background task. 
you know, we take credit for certain things, but this is really just like a happening and we are, uh, there's an ego experiencing it. So the, the happenings of the body, the, 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 Huh. Um, so what we need to so the breathing we need to when we're doing these things if you're you're scared you're, you know listen where's your breath if you pretend you're scared right right now go go what does your body do your butt cheeks clench up your toes move your fingers move your shoulders come up your eyebrows, like you have all this tension, but also the breath escapes and it gets small in your chest. Okay, what does a, a very relaxed, low heart rate monk look like? Uh, he's so relaxed, he's zen. His voice is not even up here in his head, it's down here and it's in his belly, it's deeper. Uh, the air. It's not all up in my head, it's not all up in my chest. I'm relaxed, right? Oh, in the air, I'm breathing through my diaphragm. You wanna, you wanna be, when you notice that your breath is up high, when you notice that your breath is short, when you notice that your breath, when you notice you're holding your breath, all of these things that are very obvious, don't overthink this. Like, if you're not breathing slow, there is numbers that you can look up, but if you're not breathing slow out and slow in, you are in a state of, some sort of heightened awareness and it's unnecessary for most of our states of being nowadays um, we have like all this shit this all this like it's it's you're in the middle of Times Square in New York and there's just this color and it's like look at this and it's just respond to this and it's this guy's the enemy and fucking you, these people are trying to kill you and it's all this stuff the stimuli and whatever of the modern world is keeping us small breath shoulders tensed up the response of, of everything that we're doing, uh, you know, our mind is like seeing it as real, experiencing it as real. And so it's making our bodily functions react in a certain way. So what you have to do is you have to bring this awareness. I keep talking about this, this, uh, 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 um, this, you have to bring this realizing that your breath is not where it needs to be and you have to bring it down into the diaphragm. You need to be breathing primarily in and out of your nose and you need to be breathing out super slow. You need to be breathing in super slow. Again, it's gonna feel weird, it's gonna feel unnatural, it's gonna be hard to concentrate on that even, but I'm sure that people, if you have anxiety, I'm sure people have told you about breath work. I'm sure breathing techniques. Uh, have you tried this? Whatever, whatever. This is, again, it's great. There is a break glass in case of emergency um, side of anxiety attacks and breathing techniques. And like, okay, I need to, you know, I need to Wim Hof to get this way. You know, there is this, um, there is a response when you need it, but generally, it, when you're alive, existing right now as you're watching this video, as you're going to work, as you're getting in the shower, as you're getting out of the shower, as you're uh, wiping off your mouth after you just brushed your teeth, as you're texting, as you're scrolling through social media, as you're laying in bed before bed, as you're laying in bed in the morning, which you shouldn't do, uh, wh what is your breath like? Where is, where is the center of your breath? Where is the tension at in your body? This is also something that's really accompanied with breath. 
You need to be breathing through your diaphragm, which is, you know, your belly, low belly. You can really, if someone said, take the deepest, deepest breath that you've taken all day, you can find a, you know, you could find it really deep in there. There's just been air stale sitting there, man. It's all just, just stale, bum, stinky air sitting there because you there's there's just chilling down there. It's all this, you know, uh, CO2 chilling down there and you got all this, <laughs> you're just breathing up here because of all this stimuli. So the breath is one of the most important things, you know, yoga, meditation, this helps train the breath, this helps train the, the you know, not train the breath, I don't think that's the best word. Uh, yoga is union with the breath. Yoga is union with the body. Um, so, the, when you when you do yoga, when you meditate, it, again, it trains you. What you do is what you're always doing. Like I said, right? You're training yourself in this way. You bring alertness and awareness to the breath, to breathing and tense. Tense. What what am I physically responding to that I'm mentally picturing? And is that true in the present moment? Is that actually happening? Or is my creative, wonderful, brilliant brain filling in the blanks of what it thinks that it, that it should be doing? Is it trying to protect me? Thank you, brain, for trying to protect me. But there's no lion. There's no, there's no tiger. We don't need protection right now. Okay? So you notice it's happening. You notice you're breathing this way. You notice that you're tense. And you go, oh, okay. I'm all, okay. Look, uh, there's no lion. And then maybe, you know, give yourself... 30 seconds of breath, 20, give yourself four in and four out, like just real slow. I mean, that's definitely, that's going to be less than a minute, something like that. You, you just, and feel where the breath is. Don't be caught up in like trying to get rid of the thoughts that are coming. Thoughts happen, just like sound, thoughts happen. You don't stop them from happening. Meditation is not sitting down stopping your mind from having thoughts. That doesn't happen unless you're at a certain stage of enlightenment. Uh, yeah, you just observe that they're happening. Okay, I'm still having that thought. I don't need to get into the ring and wrestle with it. I don't need to put on my boxing gloves and fight that thought and tell it that it's untrue. Whatever, I can go, oh, okay, that's just a thought. When you physically respond, you mentally respond. It seriously helps. It's again, it's another thing that feels fake. You're having an anxiety attack. You're having this shit that's happening. You're stressed out. You're yelling at people. You're whatever. It feels justified. You're like, don't, why aren't you all doing this exact same thing? No, no. It's your chemicals and it's your responsibility to take care of it. It's not your fault, but it's your responsibility. You have to, okay, I understand that I'm not going to be my most helpful self to these people around me, to myself by responding in such a way. So how do I readjust? All right, let's be, remember, let's be gentle with ourselves. Let's be, okay, well, the mind's doing that thing and what's really going on here? Let's breathe my breathing in. And again, there is a break glass in case of emergency with a lot of this breathing stuff, but breathing is something you're doing all the time. Breathing is something you've already been doing. It really is this magic up, down, left, right, X square triangle, like cheat code to life that is right. It's the most in front of us thing ever. There's a lot, of, you're probably hearing a lot about breath work and, and breathing techniques and stuff nowadays. It's a BuzzFeed word and there's Wim Hof and all these things. But the, the core of it is the breath uh, is a direct correlation to our physical 
state in our, in our mental uh, um, projection or understanding of what we think is happening. So we don't have to, we, we need to be dealing with reality. Like if you are, if you're watching a movie, if you're watching Fast and, Fast and the Furious, it's fun to have like, oh, my chemicals are moving all around and I'm excited and I'm oh, at the edge of my seat, you know, and you're, and you're smiling and you're experiencing what they're experiencing on there, but it's not actually a happening. You're not actually about to be hit by, you know, a, a 69 Dodge Charger. It's happening in the movie and you get to experience it, but look at, look at what your body does. Oh, you gasp. You, you, your, your mind thinks that it's actually happening. You could do the same thing without watching a physical movie. You could be thinking about what might be happening and your body is responding to it like you're in Fast and Furious. What's the truth about Fast and Furious? Okay, I'm, I'm scared or maybe I'm in a scary movie. I'm, I'm reactive to this, but you can leave the theater and it's not there. What's the truth about it? Okay, the truth is I'm in a dim hallway. It's rather quiet. Uh, that lady is sweeping and she was very polite when I talked to her early. So the actual reality of what the scary movie or the Fast and the Furious thing that was going on inside there, it's just you have a bodily reaction, you have your breath changes, your, your thoughts about it change. And sometimes these have reminiscent, uh, uh, you know, trails of, of what you're thinking, you know, if you get in height and response, sometimes it's not as easy as I mean, most of the time, it's not as easy as just, oh, yeah, forget about it. You know, you're gonna have this, you go to a scary movie, the dark's a little more scary that night, ain't it? Be aware of what you're consuming. If you have this consistently, consistent, you know, fear of the dark in this analogy, what scary movies are you watching? You know, if you have fear of bad other, if you have fear of these bad guys, if you, if you think this thing is going to happen, what are you consuming? What's convincing you? Because why aren't all the people around you in the same state of fear? Because they're not consuming what you're consuming. They're not reading what you're, what you're reading. They're not talking to the same people you're talking to. So if you're at a point where your depression, your anxiety, these are things that humans experience. Uh, if, 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 if you're having these experience, uh, if you're having these experiences, you are a human, congratulations. It'd be like that sometimes. Um, it's okay. Uh, and, and believe me, as someone who has been through the ringer, I have my certain lows. I have had my um, immense, I've had plenty of anxiety attacks. I've had a lot of suicidal ideation. I have depression. I have all this shit. I've, I've been through a lot of it, and it's been many, many years for me. You're not alone. I think it gets better because this is more that carrot on a stick, you're going to arrive. I will say, knowledge is power. And who you are now, or who you think yourself to be now, must fall away for who you will become to happen. <laughs> uh, don't be afraid of 
realizing that enough is enough. Don't be afraid of realizing that like, damn it, dude, this depression thing, I'm, I'm experiencing it. this sadness thing, this, but let's not buy more black clothes. Let's not listen to the music louder. Let's not find that comfort and sadness that's really there. Oh, and I mean comfort. There is a comfort in depression and it sucks and it's dirty and you don't want to get out of your bed. But you have no idea what you're capable of in the future. You have no idea. You don't know the love that you get to experience perhaps in the future. You don't know the, the, the joyous moments that you still have left. How many more years do you have left? You don't have to spend them sad. You can start to understand. Like, don't just, someone help me. A doctor help me. Counselor help me. It's okay to do all of those things. And there's no shame in it. We're all trying to figure this thing out. We're all trying to learn our own paths. But walking down a path, whatever speaks at you most of these things, you know, getting better, it starts to snowball. It feels fake. It does feel fake. It feels contrived. It feels like lame. It's, you know, there, there's a, a sadness and a letting go of your old self that has to start to take place. There is a detachment from all of these thoughts. There's a scariness to all of it because this is all like, what? Like turning internal has not been trained to do, but you know, you know, we, haven't, we haven't been taught how to open doors from the inside. Um, but I'm telling you, knowledge, listening to people talk about these things, listening to people conversate about them. There's so many podcasts, there's so many YouTube videos. Uh, you know, sitting there, I don't know what to do. I can't do anything. Damn it. YouTube, go on YouTube and just search the most basic thing. Watch what jumps at you. Scroll for a little bit. Maybe there's a hot girl on the fourth thumbnail and she's talking about depression for 12 minutes and oh, cool. Maybe that's interesting. Start there. What gets suggested after that? You got to just start consuming better content. Don't consume content to numb the feeling that you're going through. Consume content that helps you deal with and understand and take by the horns and fucking handle what's going on because you can handle it. You absolutely can handle it. We are capable of incredible things as humans, but we're, we're made to feel small, we're made to feel incapable, we're made to feel like we need someone to come save us. And, you know, cut that leash, cut the tether. And you're going to flow fine. You know, you're going to be all right. You can handle it. The person you are right this second, maybe he can't handle it. But the person you are becoming every damn second after that, he's more and more capable. She's more and more capable. There's a video about depression and anxiety. I hope my ramblings help somebody. Uh, I will continue to... I will continue to... Do the things that I do. There it is. I'm going to go eat some chicken tacos. Peace out. Love yourselves, y'all.